Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the last Genre Junkies episode of 2021. Oh, no! It's it's going away. (laughs) There it goes. It's going out the window. The next time we're with you, we're going to be recapping our best of and doing our little best of moment that we like to do. But for tonight, we do have a book review for you. And... um. It's pretty special because not only are we talking about Crystal Sutherland's House of Hollow, but we have a returning special guest. Who could it be? It's me. No, no, it's not you, Scott. You're always oh, here. Okay. Who is it? Special guest? Please come forward. <coughs> is this on? <laughs> Hi, it's Amanda. Hello. It's Amanda. It's been a minute since you've been here. Yeah, it has. I realize it had been so long. I know. It's time flies when you're having podcasts and uh but no we were like we gotta have amanda on it just so happened to work out to be the last episode of the year but this is um a great uh a great book for you to be a part of i think you've been a part of so many random books over the years but this one's a little on brand house of hollow is it Uh, i agreed yeah oh agreed yeah um, I think Amanda, uh, your favorite is fantasy. It's that's my jam. Yeah, that's your wheelhouse. <laughs> that's 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 where I live. You guys remember when Amanda was on the Southern Reach trilogy episode, our most Great controversial place. episode to date? I try not to remember that episode or that <laughs> or those books, to be honest. Or the violence that ensued. <laughs> <laughs> We're still reaping the the blows of that. Um, There's a new YouTube comment on that episode, like every couple of weeks. <laughs> Somebody just fights. They it. call me very mean things. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, oh. no, no. Here's the thing. It might be deserved. I don't think I would ever record an episode quite like that one again. You chose violence that day. <laughs> it just came out of me. It just came out of something, me. Something that book just unlocked something in you. <laughs> and Amanda didn't care for it either, but she wasn't as I felt like I was sort of floating between you two. Yeah. Sort of a, a mediator. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't hate it, but I don't like it, but I do it, hate it. Was it. Not, it was not for me. It was not for me. <laughs> yeah. It was not to my taste, but you know what? That's okay. Obviously, a lot of other people loved it. You loved it. I love it. I love it. And hey. I and whenever people ask us about it now, they or they ask, "Oh, have you read this? What do you think?" I always say, "Don't listen to Scott. He hated it. I loved it." But no, I'm like, you will either like you're gonna hate it or love it. It's just that type of story. But it, it's it, polarizing. I, I think, think I could say. I think I could have just used my words a little bit better. Use your words. <laughs> Oh, well, that was a fun trip down memory lane. Um, Amanda, do you have anything to share with the class? Anything you think that people should be watching or reading or doing? No, I've consumed no culture <laughs> since fair. last we met. That's no. fair. I, I've mostly rewatched things that I love over and over again because I'm obsessive that way. You know but, what I uh, saw is coming out is a new season hmm. of The Righteous Gemstones. Yes, I just saw that this morning. I'm excited. Scott and I really need to watch that program. And uh, like I saw the trailer and I was like, God damn, that looks so funny. And I know you love it. I, I do. I do. And uh, so does John Mahubs. 
Um, spouse. <laughs> my spousal unit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, definitely give it a try. I think that you'll love it yeah. because the, the humor is right there, but there's a, there's a deeper story going on too, you know, real sort of realistic characters. And it's, it's really good. And John Goodman. John Goodman. I mean, come on. Yeah. Need, need, need I say more? Um, I will just let everybody know that next time we meet and we do our best of, I will give a proper uh, eulogy for Anne Rice, who passed away. I'm just kind of saving that. Um, I don't know if I have the spoons today for it. So we're just <laughs> going to tack that on to next time. But yes, obviously, we acknowledge that it happened. Rest in power, Anne. Love mm-hmm. you, girl, forever. Um, should we get into it? Let's do this. What? Let's dive in. Let me tell you about House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland, in case you didn't know. Iris Hollow and her two older sisters are unquestionably strange. As children, they disappeared on a Scottish city street, only to return a month later with no memory of what had happened to them or where they'd been. More troubling, their appearance began to change. Their blue eyes now black, their dark hair now white, and as they grew older... Odd, eerie occurrences seem to follow them in their wake. People find them disturbingly, intoxicatingly, unbearably beautiful and inexplicably dangerous. Now 17-year-old Iris is doing all she can to fit in and graduate high school on time, something her two famous, glamorous, globetrotting older sisters, Gray and Vivi, never managed to do. But when Gray goes missing, leaving behind bizarre clues as to her whereabouts, Iris and Vivi are left to find her, but they aren't the only ones looking. There's a little bit more, but I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. Um, Let's just really quickly, we'll go around the circle, (laughs) the sharing circle, and we will say how we felt about this book and what our experience score is with this book. Should I go first? Yes. And perhaps uh, your listeners would like a refresh on what the experience (laughs) options are. (laughs) Yes, I was kind of like... Waiting for that. Um, struggle. Struggle. Book. Book. Good read. Good read. Page turner. Mm. Obsession. You know, like that. Sure. Sure. So for me, um, this book was an absolute obsession. This was one of those books that as soon as I got it in my hands, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you read like the first few sentences and you're like, uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is what yep. we wanted. Um and- the I have to say too, first of all, I have it in physical form. I'll post a picture. This is one of the most gorgeous book covers. I was absolutely <laughs> gonna make that same comment. It's yeah. I mean, it's you just you wanna open the book as soon as you see it. It's got a matte feel, it's got a matte hand feel to it, and it looks like some sort of a watercolor painting of a girl and these flowers and these bugs and there's something that might be blood it might be honey you know what it is dripping down her face and then the actual house of hollow is written on clothing tags which ends up making sense in the book but you don't know it at at the time um and then on the back more 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 flowers yeah it's just it's an absolute oh even on the inside cover where the uh synopsis is there's a little ant (laughs) Like, I just cannot even describe, like, this book is, like, such a cover by, even if you didn't know anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. I happened to find a little bit of buzz about it. So I was like, okay, okay, what is this? And then I was so excited to get it in my hands. And then as soon as I kind of, you know, 
really knew the premise. I was like, I really want Amanda to be on this episode because there's this large sibling sisters theme. So obsession for me. And it was a page turner too. I, I just couldn't get enough of this book. So um, I don't know if I'm going to like the direction that this episode's going to go into because it's going to feel a little um, retrospective. I'm going to call this book a good read for me. Um, it is an excellent audiobook. I've been doing both for this book. Um, excellent audiobook. Um, I, you know, I, I, I liked the writing style. Uh, there are themes and uh, character developments that, you know, weren't exactly what I maybe was looking for. Hmm. So, yeah, this I, I'm going to give it a good read for me. Interesting. Interesting. And I think some of this might come out in the spoilers section, mm, too. Sure. Amanda, where were you? I'm somewhere between Page Turner and Obsession. Cool. Um, I would also say I also did get the um, uh, audio book <laughs> version, and I I agree. I would I would pretty pretty much listen to anything that that particular reader uh, recorded. Really good, right? Oh, good? yeah, oh, good. really good. Really nailed the funny bits, and uh, just I loved your pace. I just I thought it was great. So just my I doff my cap to you, person. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I loved it. I, I read it all in basically a day. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I couldn't put it down. Um, the, the only thing that kind of got on my nerves a little bit was it just felt like there was a lot of repetition. Like mm-hmm. you just explained in this previous chapter what, what was going on. And then you said it again, the next chapter. I didn't necessarily mind it, mind it, but it was, it just it was kind of stuck out to me. I kind of bumped on that. Um, but the content of this, Yeah. Uh, but the content of the story was so good. Um, I, I loved it. You know, it's it's very dark, of course. Yes. But, it's, uh, but yet somehow also charming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, somebody we all love, Melissa Albert, uh, blurbed this and she actually got a spe- special shout out from Crystal in her afterward, too, uh, that she calls her like the godmother of this book or something like, <laughs> which is just such high praise. And we love Melissa Albert so much. Um, yeah, this book um, is definitely dark fantasy, I would say, which is um, my favorite type of fantasy. It reminded me a great deal of uh, Kendara. Blake's yes. kind of world view. Yeah, it's um, going to be dark and it's going to be kind of um, oozy, <laughs> but it's also funny. There was some actual like parts I lolled. I even like I have one like save to share later because um, it's got a spoiler in it. But uh, yeah, so so let's see. Uh, I kind of want to say without any spoilers, this book has a lot of you kind of think you know, but you don't know. <laughs> I I think you definitely don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but it's kind of like, you might think you know, but you don't know. (laughs) Let me just put that out there in case people are on the fence. Like, I think it does a good job in the very beginning to, um, to clue you into the tone of what may be coming, um, coming down the line. It is a dark and emphasis on dark fantasy book. Yes. Um, you know, in ways that I have to say that Melissa Albert being the the godmother of the book, in ways that is reminiscent of the kind of fantasy that's in Hazelwood. Yeah, that kind of really old school 
Brothers Grimm and their predecessors thing where, you know, they, the people's feet get cut off in the fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, fairy tales are dark. Yeah. They're not for children. <laughs> no, this isn't like like a super sweet fantasy. No, which I do also enjoy those. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Time and place. Um, one of the things that I really loved, and obviously why Amanda's here, is because this is a book where the sibling relationship is incredibly important. Um, I really, I really liked that a lot, and you can tell that she has sisters, <laughs> Crystal. Yeah, she she must she must. And I want to explore that dynamic more in the spoiler section, but. I think that was something that really made this book special is you put a sisterly bond on it. Agreed. Absolutely. So um, without going into spoilers, did, did you like the characters in this book? Loved them. Yeah. My, my biggest problem <laughs> yeah. is, is I had a likability issue with oh. most oh. of the characters. Like I was interested at all times. Uh, yeah. Um, but there was there was there was a likability and in part because of I, I recognize it's because of the setting, but also a believability issue with some of the characters that um kind of made me feel disconnected from them for most of the story, which I think was my main sticking point on it. Wow. I just I really didn't have that experience. Neither did I. I mean, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I totally bought in from page one. So, yeah. <laughs> but hey, yeah, that's uh, it's the beauty of different minds. Um, does anybody have a favorite sister? Iris. Vivi oh yeah. Gray. Oh, I, mean, I know. Gray. Man, it's gray. Yeah. I mean, it's Vivi. <laughs> yeah. Vivi's my favorite. I mean, Vivi is my favorite. If I have a, if I have a favorite, it's Vivi. Yeah. Um, one thing I really loved and I like, you see this more and more in books, but I loved that two out of three were queer. Um, and that's just like how they are. And it was just like how they always were. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so nice to see this in books, you know, agreed. And, days. you know, not as some kind of a weird plot twist. Like, <laughs> like, like just, somebody out there. Just be, just be you, baby. Be you, Iris. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so we have the three sisters. All three of them are very different from each other, even though Vivian Gray have some similarities um, with their, you know, kind of globetrotterness. They're not the same at all. Um, and then we also have Tyler Yang, who I thought was so funny. Uh, super, super welcome comedic relief in this yeah, he was. I, I, yeah, I think he made the difference as to uh, whether this was a great book or an okay book. You know, yeah. Um, some cute, like, kind of Britishisms for us Americans. Always fun. Uh, you know that they're not Americans, <laughs> and they come through even stronger in the audiobook version. Oh yeah. In a lot of respects, I almost wish that I just read the whole book as the audiobook. Oh. Um she does such a great job of bringing the characters alive and making them feel different. Right. Um in, in a way that um I missed when I switched back to the written word. Interesting. So you needed to hear the voice. I, I feel like in this case I did. Okay. What did we all think about kind of the mystery theme throughout? I liked the mysteries in this book. Yeah, I liked yeah. Um I liked that they kind of 
not quite hint at things. It's sort of blatant <laughs> from the <laughs> beginning, but it but you don't actually figure it out until you get almost to the very end. Because there's a couple mysteries. Yeah, there's a few things going on there that we got to solve. I mean, I think the main mystery that I'm not going to spoil, but that is that that is what kind of fantasy book this is. Uh, which I'll just say should have put this book right up my alley. Right. Um, it is hinted at very early on. You um, know what else this is too? And I know Amanda and I like this. Scott, not so much. This is a lush book, like mm-hmm. a lot of heavy descriptive similes, <laughs> you know, lush sure. prose descriptions. I feel like Scott, when we first started the show, really could not with that, that flowery nonsense. He I'm, was like, get out of here. <laughs> and he's come a long way, but it's still not your thing. Um, I've, I, I've come a long way, especially when it comes to the fantasy genre. Um, I, I enjoy more lush prose than uh-huh. I used to. Um, in fact, in this book, um, well, I'll wait till the spoiler section. Ooh. But the lushest part of this book, I wish there was more of. Is it the food? <laughs> I wish there was a lot more food. That's I know right. we all love a good food description. I was legit hungry just reading about the food. Right, because the three sisters, they have this thing where they eat a lot, and which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, there was like parts where they're like, we had to baguette smeared with goat cheese and honey. And I'm like, do I even want that? Why does that sound like the best thing? <laughs> right? I'm not the biggest fan of goat cheese. But uh, like, in this, I was like, hey. But if somebody handed me the, like, this baguette, I'd be like, yes, this is exactly what I want. If a creepy sister handed it to you and said, you'll eat this now and be seated. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind because I would welcome a creepy sister because I'm creepy. They're creepy. We're all creepy here. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so let's see. I feel like. You know, we can kind of dance around it, but at some point we're going to have to go to the spoilers section. Um, so before we jump off into that point, I, I just want to say I I found this book darkly beautiful. I, I found it charming and a bit creepy and luscious. And I, I was immediately hooked in and I really, really loved it. Uh, for me, appeal is probably somewhere in the general range. Um, I don't think that it's going to be, I mean, it's definitely not mass, but I think there's enough people that are into this sort of thing. Kendar Blake, Melissa Albert, you know, this kind of dark fantasy stuff that um, uh, even a little bit of, you know, our Akatars and Akawars and <laughs> Akaskusmes and all <laughs> and all of that stuff, you know, um, which can be a little dark. So I'd say... It's a it's a shallow general for me. Um, I really like the idea of this book, and I really like that the author was not afraid to make this as dark as they wanted it to go. Um, I, I think that the ideas in this are are really cool, and there's a lot of stuff to really like. I am going to agree. I think this is a general appeal. I think it's more than just fantasy diehards. Um, but um. I think that there will be some cover buyers out there who are going to say, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Oh, this is not what I thought I was getting. Manda, 
Um, I was, I was gonna, I mean, I, I think you guys are both on the right track there. It's, um, there are a lot of people who do like dark fantasy, but if you're, if you're on the fence about it, you might not like this one. We go pretty dark. If you're squishy, if you're squishy, yeah, if you're a little squishy, which I mean, I would generally consider myself that me too. But for some reason, like if you put like magic in the mix, everything's okay again. I know there's so many people like you out there. It cracks me up. Well, as long as we can amuse you. <laughs> you guys. But yeah, do. so somewhere in there, general. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk in a little bit more depth here about the House of Hollow. As always, there will be our trigger warnings at the very beginning of the spoiler section. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies okay trigger warnings for this book uh violence towards children self-harm suicide uh sexual assault and for those of you out there with a metaphobia kelly kelly looking at you this is a rough book yes that's true not kelly safe as we say over at spooky slumber party i'm sorry i'm so ignorant what is metaphobia a metaphobia is a fear of vomit Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody likes it. But there's a lot <laughs> of like lot. descriptive vomiting in yeah. this book. Like, it, we're, it, like I'm not quite at a metaphobia level and it, it, it squicked me out a little bit. <laughs> squeak, squeak. <laughs> I like that sound. Like it's like you turning the pages really quick. Squeak, squeak. Um, okay. I, mean, I, I think yeah. in general, if you're queasy about non-human things coming out of bodies, you should probably... <laughs> Is there, about that? is there a trigger for that? For, um, <laughs> this is just a lot of stuff coming out. Oh, and I mean, like, okay, so now that we're into it, we're into the spoiler section. We're we're fully in. There's um, there's like pus in this book. <laughs> there is pus and, <laughs> and picking and picking and b- uh, blood. <laughs> This yes. is this borders on the um on body horror at times. Like, oh true yeah, body horror. Uh, the flowers popping out of the skin. Oh, oh. I can see. Oh, people that have that fear of things with holes. Yeah, I think they would not like the flowers coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, and worse than the flowers, I would say are the insects. Oh yeah, the insects. I forgot about them. Well, there's the little thing moving behind her scar, like oh. I know. I was like, what is that? And then I'm like, it's an insect, isn't it? It's just like you can, she pokes at it like a pustule. (laughs) Yeah, I actually would have been fine with anything except for the ants because (laughs) I do have an ant yeah Dang. yeah you know we should have that put a warning in there. huh that is that, that is like a fa- that is like a family fear at this point ants oh my god i just i love all living things but ants i love ants in my space i'm bothered and i know amanda is more bothered than any human i've ever met about ants they always find me all right they so, always find me. all right so let's add um ants <laughs> Also, ants, a n t s, and also I'm going to add this for real and self harm. Yeah, I'm going to move that into that. Absolutely. That is, I mean, that's probably the darkest part of the book. Really, is the the bit with the father and uh, oh, suicide to a certain extent when they're explaining. Didn't we didn't say that. Yeah, I, I was kind of covering that under self harm, but suicide. Now put that in the. T- 
copy and paste that in there. Just drop that in. Which, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, because it, it gets mentioned more than once. It too, does. It so. does. And it's kind of descriptive. This um, is actually kind of a triggering book. I can see why there was... Maybe I maybe part of my my good read score, my my less than obsession from you guys, my trouble with this is maybe I didn't have the spoons for this book. Yeah. Maybe I was expecting more of like a like a three dark crowns dark fantasy and I got a little bit more of a Well <laughs> unless we forget three dark crowns has a lot of stuff in it that that bothers people and, yeah. and everything too. Sometimes when it's the dark fantasy things, it's not only, you know, kind of the the heaviness and a foreboding and melancholy, but it's actual violence and mm-hmm. and this is a, a part very of it. human level. Yeah. yeah. Um. Really quickly to Agnes though. Loved yes, it. loved Agnes. Didn't see her coming. <laughs> Me neither, or going for that matter. I was super <laughs> bummed. I was super bummed. Agnes felt like like one of those you know anime chibi characters who's like who can just kick the butt of everybody else in the show oh and then she just dries out like a bit of straw and they just put her in the fire that's a really cool yeah. that was cool imagery that, yeah that was rich that was rich um so there was like we talked a little bit about the humor there was one humor i wanted to share with you guys share with me your humor there are four humors i believe I believe so too. My humors are out of balance all, all the time. Um, we'll bleed you. Get them back into balance. That'll help. Yeah, too much iron. They're talking about the Minotaur as they as they see mm-hmm. it. Um, how to kill a Minotaur? We're humans, right? We're like the dominant species for a reason. We're terrifying. We have guns. We should easily be able to kill an upright cow. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that was just a good example of humor. And her and Tyler provided a lot of the humor. Um, Iris is kind of more of our straight man in a lot of ways. Not that she wasn't without funny, because she she did do some funny. Um, And then Gray is, of course, Gray. (laughs) She's the leader. She's the enigma. She's Mm -hmm. the only one that's known the whole time. I loved that so much that she knew. She knew. Me the too. whole time and i love like when they were getting carried away and she like winked at them and made them forget and stuff it's like oh you little devil but like in the best way agreed i loved i loved her all the way through the book anyway but i loved her the most when uh iris was remembering that gray told them to forget yes because i'm like that's that's her yet again coming in to protect you guys stop being so mad at her at the end of the book Yes. Okay. Okay. We need to talk about that because I had a feeling you would be a gray apologist. Um, now here's the no, thing. no. I am an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing: is I think that they will forgive Gray. I think that that was kind of really left open. Is we know that they'll always drift back together. Um, I get that it was important that they create a boundary because she had hurt them, and you can't just like let people kind of manipulate you and and step all over you because you love them. Like I respect that. Um, but I think a hundred percent gray hero of her own story as every good villain should be. Not that she's a villain, but you know, she did what she had to do. She did what she she had had to to do. do. And who among us would not have done it, especially as a child. No, I mean, I would, I would do anything for you. So that's for you. I'd cut open somebody and, put you in there like a little skin suit yeah i mean if we're living in this 
little limbo land. Like, you're going to take any ticket you can get out of it. Hell yeah, you are. And I mean, unless you're, I can see why Tyler was like, I don't want to be a ghoul. (laughs) But I think especially when you're young and you're like, you know, you're not ready to be dead. And I was really worried that the hollow place would repossess them. I was really mm-hmm. living in fear of that. Okay, but but you don't want to be dead. I understand that. I res- I can respect that. But I mean, did the Hollow Sisters want to be dead? But you, they made that decision for them. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. No, it's well, more specifically, Gray made the decision. Y- yeah, maybe, maybe, because we don't really know. We don't know what even really what they are. Which that's true, and they don't really even remember. I mean, Gray had no. the idea, and Gray did a lot of the work. Yeah. But I have a feeling that if Iris and Vivi didn't want that to happen, and said, "Hey, no, we can't like kill three innocent girls just so that we can be alive again." Like if they didn't want that. I'm sure that they could have, you know, not crawled into a skin suit. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I, maybe, maybe. I find um, it. I, you know, yeah, I'm not judging anybody in that situation. I just am not. <laughs> I mean, nope. we, we we don't know what we would be like in you know, <laughs> in limbo, lost and dead. Yeah, we don't know what decisions we'd be. We would make. We in don't that know situation. what decisions we would. Make. No, and again, we are not entirely certain what they are. They may have been human at one point in time. Maybe they're ants. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> I really liked. This is what I really, really liked was the connection of that with uh, changeling lore. Yes, I really changelings, yes. That cuckoos, idea. and Vivi even calls them cuckoos at one point too. Because I mean, I think kind of the elephant in the room is everybody who's knows their salt is thinking changelings, just straight up fairy changelings. Absolutely, that's when you open up the book and start reading. You're like, well, clearly it's a fairy change, <laughs> and you're fine. But it's like, no, it's more than that. It's this the the land of the dead, limbo land is kind of like the worst parts of a fey land but it's also like it's putrid it's gross and it's rotting but there's also a beauty in the rot and that spoke to me on uh, a level that i just i just get it i'm like there is beauty and decay but there's also mm-hmm. horror in it and w- <sighs> And they're all just kind of people are floating and people are drifting down putrid rivers. And it's like, it's so like you see it, right? It's cinematic the way she yeah. puts that. Oh, world. yeah, for sure. Um, it would like if, if you were to film this, this would no longer be a dark fantasy. This would be a horror film. Mm. Uh, I love the idea that Gray's been going back for years. Yes. Um that was interesting to me. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get more <laughs> from Gray's perspective. Yeah. You know, so like maybe the next book is narrated by her instead of uh, Iris. You know, maybe there's yeah. a trilogy in that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would love that too. Um, and I loved how Gray broke into the house and left those breadcrumbs and stuff for them. I thought that was a really cool mystery, how they were really just a few steps behind her. Uh, I love the mythology of a doorway that's no longer a door. Yeah, that was, I love that. That got in my head. It was cool. Yeah. That makes you like, makes you think. What did we think about Gabe as the Minotaur? I guessed it was him. Same. Um, Same. I'm I'm not sure when exactly. Um, I, th- I think just once once I realized, like, oh, yeah, he's dead and he 
did it himself. And yeah. the, why is the guy hiding his face all the time? Like, right, why has right. he got this weird cow skull on him anyway? Um, <laughs> I feel like it was, uh, in a, it was in the hospital that I was like, I bet that that's Gabe. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like you said, it was the especially hiding the face thing. Um, it's interesting because in this in-between land there's not like a governing body there's not like someone in charge there's not police or anything like that because it all is just existing so it's kind of interesting elemental yeah yeah it's a liminal space which liminal spaces is like something that fascinates me and i spent a lot of time thinking about recently and i love that he got there and he's like i'm gonna try to make this right but he wasn't really a bad person so he kind of sucked at it (laughs) i agree yeah he he was a very soft-spoken gentle man apparently i think she says that several times yeah he's gentle yeah and uh so yeah in the end self-harm was his for him his only uh solution i guess but ultimately it didn't didn't reap any rewards there Right, and I mean, Grey kind of made him do it, too, lest we forget. She planted the seed. Yeah, that's true, wasn't it? Um, well, it, But he was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> he, was he was gonna problem. be a problem. He was gonna be a problem, and she had to remove that. Um, but I totally get that he wants vengeance for his kids. I get that. Maybe it's because we just watched it recently, but I wonder if um, there was any inspiration taken from Village of the Damned because you have like the white hair and the creepy eyes, although a little bit different. And then like, you know, basically, you know, Gray is convincing people to do horrible things to themselves. Yes. It was, it was very, it was very Village of the Damned esque to me. Yeah, no, I see that too. And I, I, I love that actually. Um, now is where the village of the damned were some sort of aliens or interdimensional beings trying to take over the world. And I do think this book <laughs> would have been better with uh with Luke Skywalker and Superman. Yeah, yeah, same, same from the movie adaptation of Village of the Damned, John Carpenter's <laughs> Village of the Damned. Absolutely. And I love those creepy kids. Um I love everything about uh, Gray's aesthetic and the way she decorates and the way she sews secrets into things. Yeah, that was awesome. The like, delicate like perfume smoke. bottles. Yes. Smoke and death. And I was like, you know what? Sandra would buy that smell. Is that available? Because I will buy wood smoke and death. Someone's got to make it. You know, all these really um, inventive people on Etsy, they make candles and scents and stuff based off of books. I got to go searching for House of Hollow Scents. Yeah, there's there's got to be something out there. It's uh, yeah, like you said, it has the wood smoke in there, but the, and then it's something that's decaying that still people are intrigued it by. It. They're drawn to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I just love that she was an occultist as well, um, and I love that we we just we don't know anything about all three of these sisters, but especially Gray really keeps things close to the vest. Um, I like the notion that because Tyler had died he was kind of immune to them. And that was kind of why, like they all kind of like were attracted to him in their own ways. Absolutely. Because it's just somebody who's kind of on your level. You can't manipulate them. So you know that if they say that they love you, it's because they do or whatever. Um, I was really proud of Iris when she stood up to the bully on her own too. That was kind of nice (laughs) because sometimes you don't 
get that completion in these types of books, but she stood up to her. And I was like, I'm really proud of you for doing that. I was like, because she has to go back. She has to go, she wants to, you know, live in this world and she's got to learn to take care of problems by being who she is, but not like abusing her power. Does that make right. sense? In a non-supernatural way. <laughs> like if she's making the choice to live here, then she's going to do it yeah. in the human way. Um, also, I just love, uh, I think it was really, oh, I'm just going to say a word that I think I've never actually said out loud. No, I'm That's okay. <laughs> pronounce it. Well, anyway, it that illustrated really well. Yep. <laughs> I, I've had that a couple times in the past few weeks. I'm like, yeah. is that actually how you say that word? Oh, yeah. And it is for uh, reading because you read a lot and you see the word written, but you don't hear. Sure. It's yeah. not necessarily in conversation. Um, but I just, I liked how well it illustrated the three personalities of the girls um, when they were talking about the bully um, shaving your head, you know, in front of the whole school thing, which is uh, probably the mildest thing that Gray has ever made anybody do. <laughs> But there's Gray just like not reacting, just going back to her book. And there's Vivi like with her feet up on the next uh, chair, just laughing. And then there's Iris going, the hell's going on? <laughs> it's really indicative of their personalities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that the word you were yeah. going to use, indicative? No, I'm just no kidding. <laughs> it was il illustrative. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, but I think that's it. Just, I say illustrative. illustrative. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, see. It's a good see. word. Kids, if anyone ever makes fun of you online or in person for mispronouncing a word, you just tell them that's because I read, because I'm smart. <laughs> yes. <sighs> this and PSA was brought to you by House of Apollo. <laughs> um, uh, how do we feel about the ending that they're going to go back and try to help Tyler in some way? I love that. Oh, thank, thank goodness, because I was really irritated when he died. <laughs> I yes. literally wrote in my notes, but I like Tyler. And you know what, Gabe? That was a dick move. Yeah, that was. That was unnecessary. Unnecessary roughness. <laughs> Roughing the passer. Now, I, I feel... I feel like maybe the the emptiness that I feel from this book is I didn't really like Tyler. <gasps> I found him I like I found him to be kind of vapid and boring. Well, he and is. I didn't understand why he was I mean, I like I understand conceptually that he was tailing them all over the place because he was in love with Gray, but I didn't get that. I didn't I you know I was told that, but I didn't see that. Well, he was also evading the police. He was yes. he was on the lam. I mean, yeah, but so it, the only way to exonerate him would be to find Gray. <laughs> but if you're really just doing this to to evade the police, there is a certain point when things get so freaking crazy. Just be like, you know what? Even if this is true. This ain't going to get me off the hook because this is no one's going to believe me. So I might as well just turn myself in right now. I I really I, liked Tyler. I really did. I thought Yeah, I mean yeah. I I hear you Scott. I totally do. I think on the other hand though, like if weird crazy magical death things were happening around me, I'd want to stay with the only other people that would also also knew what that experience was that, you know, we're trying to get to the bottom of it. And so otherwise you just feel totally alone. Cause what do you do? You just go back to your modeling life. Yeah. <laughs> and they also know that he didn't do anything like, you know, so he's like, Oh the, yeah. These people like believe me. So he sticks with them. That's um, true. I love that. Uh, he liked to play with gender. I love that. He actually had trauma in his life and he, he does actually have a heart in there, but he kind of puts on a little bit of a, you know, um, Zoolander. 
facade to hide it. Yeah, that it's all really just kind of a like all of his stuff that makes him unlikable is really just the the front that he's putting on for the world. I also real stuff is too much. I also think again, there's a sibling thing. So I feel like a big connection to him. And I think probably Amanda too has a big sister, you know, and he's a big brother and like what he carries. Yeah. I, I, I hate it when they kill the sisters. <laughs> I hate it when they kill the sisters. He never forgave Spoiler Collins. No, no. Uh, beautiful world that you created. I mean, you know, dark and uh, horrible, but very much like our own. Um, but then you did what you did to prep. <laughs> Wasn't needed. Wasn't needed. Amanda did not like that. What if it's sisters no. killing sisters? Is that okay? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> believable. I mean, because we'll be like, ah, you son of a bitch, but I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, it's like, she's mine to kill. (laughs) (laughs) You just let a random author offer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's true. It's like, hey, hey, nobody kills my sibling but me. That's right. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. Don't kill anything. Don't do it, Don't kill anything. Even the ants. Don't kill him send him back to the medium place oh uh, yeah, actually currently pain. eviscerating a mandarin so i can't really uh, stand behind the message the fruit or the yeah okay. that's the fruit oh it's so sweet is it is it putrid like death and wood smoke <laughs> yes i did not know what i was getting when i purchased this orange <laughs> Oh my god! That's I love. Why I was in that weird section with the lightning going off. <laughs> I think it's really funny that we're trying to have a podcast right now, and Amanda's eating an orange. Like, <laughs> I love oranges. She's like, I just can't wait though. So <laughs> it's been staring at me. I've been staring at it this whole time, and it's—I mean—it's a tiny orange. It's not. Like she's opening a, a big orange. <laughs> It's like it, it's like it's like an after soccer orange. Okay, so I just want to I want to say one more thing um, about the book before you guys say your other things, and that is, I was getting very frustrated with how much of the mystery was around the fact that no one would tell the truth about anything. It was it's it's a lot about. No, no, no. Like, I'm in front of someone who knows all the information. Just tell it to me. At, you know, basically just crossing your arms saying, no, no, I won't do it. Who? Oh, I mean, basically from halfway on through. So, like, Agnes knew what the situation was and wouldn't talk about it. They kept getting in the room with Gray and she wouldn't talk about it. That said, that said. Huh. I'm going to, I'm going, to, I'm saying this in defense. This is one of those few times where the truth really was so horrible that (laughs) i could understand why no one was like like i literally cannot tell you this in the five minutes that we have right now like yes like we need to sit down for a fortnight and work through this that's like kate (laughs) their their mom and that explains why she still had a relationship with vivi and iris is because they they didn't know and so she couldn't hold that against them you know, they're just operating that this is our mom. And so she she wasn't she wasn't gonna take that away from them. And how and how is Kate even going to explain that without a whole bunch of context, right? Like if she just said the words, you know, verbatim, how would that how would how would Iris actually take that? They she said that she insane. skinned you alive 
and is wearing your skin. What I don't understand. But not you. <laughs> well, so, so you, you you're so you have to understand to like you are not actually like that's all like I can I can actually understand why why everybody was like you know what I ain't nobody got time to do this no. like you know what it was it was better not knowing <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was actually better um you know what too uh that's quite some knife skills that little gray had that she could she really just made like one hole and then lined it all up really well i think that's i think that's kind of the magic of the of the yeah of limbo. the place and then she used silk thread to sew it back up. Neat, tight yeah. stitches. Where did she get the silk? There's probably silkworms there. Yeah, there's ants. Yeah, there's everything. Sure. And I mean, like, people, obviously, clothing comes through because the girls' uh, coats came through with them. Yeah. So I guess there's fabric around. That was sweet of them to leave their little breadcrumbs and then to take the coats back. That was sweet. That was sweet. I liked that. <laughs> Um, I love, yeah, I loved where the book ended off. I think it was a good note to end it on of adventure is out there, if you will. Yeah, I like that it lays itself open for a sequel too. Yeah. So how many skin suits out of five <laughs> would we give this book? I'm going to give this book four skin suits out of five, um, four and a half skin suits out of five, half of a skin suit, the bottom half and four full skin suits. Um <laughs> Because I really loved it and I wouldn't change anything about it. It felt poetic and beautiful and gross and creepy and just a lot of things that I really like. It ticked so many boxes for me. The sibling love, the magic, the occult, the mis- the mystery of what this place is. Um yeah, I, I found it absolutely captivating. And I I mean, it was perfect just how it was, but I could have used even more book. It's relatively short. It's less than 300 pages. And it's like, I could have just, I could have had a lot more book. So I think that the idea is is really fantastic. I think that the, I don't know, the bravery of making it as dark as it was is commendable. Um, my main problem is with just with my connection to the characters. Uh, I'm going to give it three skin suits out of five. However, it's generous. However, no, I think that that's I think that that's appropriate. I think that this is a good book that just missed for me. Mm. Um, I also think that. I'm going to give a separate score to the audiobook. Oh. And I'm going to give that three and a half skin suits. Nice. Because the audiobook is really, really, really good. Um, Amanda, before you give your score, I just want to throw it out there. Yeah, I'd make you a skin suit. Yeah, Aww. I'd do it to get us back out of limbo. You're you're so sweet. People don't know. <laughs> yeah, what you don't understand is she's saying she would turn you into no! a skin suit so no. she could get out. No. <laughs> Hey, I would understand if you did the same to me, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, and I know I'd rather have you in here with me than out there without me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we, we would kind of be all or nothing. We'd either both jump in the skin suit or we'd both stay in limbo and find ways to be the queens of hell. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, you know, and also, you know, growing up, Sandra and I have a... a cousin who's absolutely wonderful and we're still very close with but we were always together the three of us so like that synced up a lot for me just as far as childhood memories go with the the three girls Totes. just as a total side note but i wanted to make sure uh shanna got a shout out i'm in gonna there. recommend this book to her cousin shanna <laughs> um yeah now i'm gonna go with 
four four skin suits plus like maybe a child size one. <laughs> Now that's dark. Just to, just to fan it that out. That is dark. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm that so is proud uncharacteristically of you. dark. Yeah, it's different for you. No, I'm I'm very much the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in real life. I can only ever joke about these things. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I the only I'm just taking off half a half a skin suit there just for the um, again I, I I'm saying repetition again, which is in itself repetition. I'm, I'm getting very meta here. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's probably if you're if you're pacing the book at like a normal speed, it probably doesn't stand out as much. But because I read it all so fast, I was like, I just read that 15 minutes ago. I don't need a refresher. I'm good. Right. Let's keep talking. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with four. Four in a small suit. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Child side suit. I appreciate you de- you um, describing yourself as the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man because yep. yes you you do look very sweet and you are very sweet and yet you are also the destructor form of a god. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She's not actually as nice as she comes across on TV, uh, but that's why we like her. Um, well, when someone asks, "Are you a god?" <laughs> uh, Hail Ratma! Thank you. <laughs> That's an Easter egg, more than a spoiler. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us for the last episode of 2021. You will, of course, be back in 2022. I am I am honored to have been invited. And, of course, I always love talking lit with you guys. <laughs> Stay lit. Um, yeah, it's never, I mean, Amanda's never, never too far away. She She reads a lot and she will be back. Amanda will return in 2022. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> thank you scott thank you sandra please keep reading past your bedtime <laughs>